This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 698, brought to you by Mac Weldon. Use the promo code iFanboy for 20% off your first order. And iFanboy listeners, just like you. iFanboy's Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 698. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm never not amazed by the numbers at this point. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. How amazed are you? I'm amazed for a lot of reasons. We do the show pretty regularly the same way in the same time. Uh Today, for various reasons, we're doing it a different day, a different time of the day. It's hotter. I'm awake as opposed to usually when I do the show. It's the first words I've spoken out loud are on the show. In this one, you'd be like, God, you don't make any sense at all when I'm awake. Stop talking so much. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm awake. I've had a whole day right. to get ready. What's going to be great is tomorrow when we normally re- record, you'd be like, what? I always feel like I was supposed to be doing something. I know. I'm going to keep checking my See, calendar. What what, do I have yep. a call? What's happening? Let's do this. I've been waiting for the show a whole week. Or 37 hours since I started reading comics. Do you know how... Uh, You know how when people send their kids out to whatever grade they're in this year, it'll happen this time of year, and they'll say, I can't believe it's whatever. Whatever. Uh, We're all – I'm paying attention to how old my kids are all the time. I really can't believe I've been doing this for this long. Yeah. I can't believe we've done this nearly 700 times and many more. Let's save that for in two weeks at 700. Then we can really freak out. My point is every time I have to read the number, regardless of how special the episode is, I can't believe it. That's what I'm saying. We are iFanboy. We can't believe it. Every week. <laughs> can't believe it. All, every, I can't believe it. We read our stack of comics, and one of us, disbelievingly, <laughs> picks their favorite book of the week, and they call that the, the pick of the week, which is unbelievable. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick. That's a thing that we do now for some number of years. It's yeah. not new, but it feels new because of how long we've been doing this. It's all relative, you see. And then we are probably going to skip listener mail this week because – There's so many books. We are going to have to have some sort of device, some sort of way to get through them without ruining the show and going on for so long that we both become divorced. A lot of books came out is what Josh is is saying. Yeah. I had over 20 books, 22 books, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had well over 20. Not even counting the Marvel 1000, which was like five books. It was a lot of books. The challenge for us, this is a very specific challenge to people like Connor and I, is that there were actually great many things that were worth talking about and so when we were constructing the list i had to i had to make some sacrifice i had to kill some babies yeah kill your babies yep killed them killed them dead your spoiler warning is that babies will be killed (laughs) so that's that'll spoil Uh, most people's days we're gonna get letters (laughs) i feel like we've weeded out most of those people by this point (laughs) still gonna get letters okay that's fine i mean we get them in he just means general letters (laughs) yeah Bills. <laughs> Junk mail. We get those. It's a review show. There will be stuff that we talk about that happens in the books. Exercise your own caution about that. There's a list. You can see exactly what we're going to talk about, when we're going to talk about it. So don't pin that on me, pal. Connor, you had the pick. Yeah, I should also mention before I get to the pick that uh, in order to save you, the listener, from having to hear my neighbor play the same scales over and over again as he learns the piano, I had to shut all my windows and now I'm already sweating and we're like three minutes into the show. So this is going to be good. Thor 16 was the pick of the week. Jason Aaron, Mike Del Mundo, colors by Mike Del Mundo, Marco Delfonso, Joe Sabino on letters. And this is the last issue of this volume of Thor. I mean, it's kind of silly. As we transition yeah. into King Thor, the final story from Jason Aaron. Yeah, I there mean, was a whole, like, I can't believe I'm relieving Thor. Be back next month for King Thor. Yeah, it was weird. I mean... Just Thor! I mean, look, it's an epic run. Sure! It's just not over. It, even though they acted like it was over, this is a wrap-up issue. And then there's the essay in the back where Jason Aaron says goodbye to quote-unquote Thor as he transitions over to King Thor. I mean, it's not even like it was called Thor the whole time. It was the Mighty Thor. It was Thor, Dark World. That was the movie. Dark whatever. It was, what was the first one? The God of Thunder? Sure. I don't remember. I'm just, my point is it's had, like four, it's had like four titles. So it's not like it was like he was on Thor, the book called Thor for six years. Well, this is, this is the main. Actually, no. I don't, I don't even know. 
It was the mighty Thor. The whole time we were growing up, it was the mighty Thor. That right, and then, the... It, then it was Thor, God of Thunder, when mm-hmm. Jason started. And then it went back to the mighty Thor. It's, it's legacy number 722, is what I'm saying. It's them having their cake and eating it, and lots of it. That's not the point. The point is, this issue is the seminal epilogue issue in which, after the events of the War of the Realms, and after, after Odin gives his throne to Thor, and now it's all Father Thor... Uh, they're having a celebration to mark the occasion, a big feast and party in Asgard, and Thor is nowhere to be found because he is busy doing feats of godliness for people on, on Earth and then in other parts of the realm, all of the seven realms. So while they're all looking for him to give speeches and get drunk and eat food, he's off building a church with his hammer. I gotta say, I'm looking at that page right now, and when I was reading it, I had noticed the nail in his lips, mm-hmm. like you would do, like, like, a, like you know, like a worker man does. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen those guys, right? I do that. I just hung yeah. a bunch of shit the other day. And then I didn't realize that in the next panel, I, did, I for some reason didn't see him using Mjolnir to hammer the nail in, and I find that very funny. Yeah, I mean, the thing about this issue was, you know, a lot of big books came out this week. A lot of crazy things happened, but I just kept thinking about this story and the characters and the incredible Mike Del Mundo art and how much fun it was and how emotional it was. I just loved these characters, especially the the mini versions of Thor. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to see them again in King Thor or not, but they have a nice send off here, which makes me think that we're not going to see them again because it would be sort of a disappointment. Although I guess at the end, old King Thor is attacked. But the young Thor, anyway, the young one from the past who goes, yeah, he finally goes back and decides not to test his mettle against raising Mjolnir. I thought that was a great ending for him. I don't need to see him again. I think you're you're absolutely right about that. It's interesting because we were being a, a little flippant, I yeah. think. But each of those Thor books, those each of those sort of like parts of a whole yep. Thor runs have been distinct. The God Butcher storyline. There's Jane Foster, there's this last Thor, and there's, you know, the next one. Maybe there was another one. But they are each distinct, and I think, like, you know, largely defined by who the artist was. Yep. You know, from Rebic on the first one, and then into Doudderman, and now into Mike Del Mundo, who, uh, you know, like, I, I'm trying to remember the book. I saw him first on with Jason Aaron. It was the Archon, or Weird uh, weird World, Weird the, the, the weird, the weird, the weird Creatures yeah. one. Monsters. Weird world, I think. Real world, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it you know, he had drawn that and Jason Aaron had written that and I thought, "Oh, this guy has something." It's 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 almost like those old Don Bluth cartoons mixed with like yeah, comic painting. Yeah. That's a great. I mean, that, nothing looks like his art. There's no other books that look nothing. like Nothing. And it's really lovely. And then you're right, like the other side of that is there are actually a, a good number of really thoughtful character moments. Like the what Thor's doing, I think is incredibly thoughtful. Yep. What, you know, that that bit you just mentioned of young Thor looking at the hammer and, you know, not today, you know. <laughs> and, and walking away. <laughs> I don't even remember what movie that is. Oh, it's Gladiator. Wasn't it? Oh, uh, there's also the end of Iron Man where uh Rhodey looks at the, the, the suit and says next time, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Never gets to do it cuz he gets fired. I mean, the thing about this series is, in some way or form, we've been following these characters and their story for the last however many years. As we said, yeah. as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's been so long, I don't even know how many years it's been. The story's been happening on the Jason Aaron run. It's been at least five years. So there's a lot of emotional weight to these issues, and I love these issues in which the breather gets to happen, and we get to regroup before the next big mm-hmm. thing happens. And I love Odin and Freya. They have a great relationship. And then you get some Warriors 3 stuff. They've all been sort of broken up into new roles. And now there's the what the magic the minister of three ministers of three, yeah. Isn't Hildegard Valkyrie? Isn't she dead? Yes, but that's isn't isn't aren't they in Valhalla? I don't know. The Asgardian rules make no sense. I, I made no bones about that. They don't. Doesn't Heimdall's make dead too? Is he? Yes. They're about to go on an adventure in the next issue, so I don't know how dead he right, is. He's only dead. mostly dead. It's. De- I'm not quite dead yet. <laughs> so think I go for a walk. If you've been reading, and I've been reading this whole this whole run, but if you've been reading it for any amount of time, these are the stuff I think you, you really have look forward to these issues before Esad Ribbit comes back and we cap off. The real question is going to be, and we're gonna we'll get to it more when that actually happens. But what happens after the King Thor run? You know, somebody else comes in and fucks it all up. Does it get restarted? You know, Dan Slot sits on it for thirty two years in that great comics way where they just start over because he's kind of ending the character not, not that you can really end a character in comics but you can't yeah, really but build off what he's doing yeah yeah he's 
He's got beginning, middle, and end all buttoned up. And like when we say end, we mean end. Right. So <laughs> this was a great issue. Starting with that scene we just talked about with him building the church. I thought it was a great scene. The storytelling is great. The dialogue's terrific. And the cutting to the big two-page spread of the party. Her- is that Hercules with a giant yes. piece of meat? It's just beautiful. Then you turn to the next page and you got the world tree and look at the colors in that page. I read a lot of comics this week. Nothing looks like this book. I gotta you gotta, say. Wait, we really got to call out. Marco D'Alfonso and Mike Del Mundo's colors. I mean, it's a yeah. really lovely book. Yeah, I gotta say, I was. I think I was surprised that this was your pick. Talking to you now, I think it makes total sense. I actually don't even, as we go through, I don't know what my pick would be. So It's, it's a hard week. Yeah. Plus, you get Beta Ray Bill, you got Frog Thor. I mean, everyone sort of gets their moment. Loki gets a moment, and he tries to come to the party. Sif. Everyone who's important to this story. I mean, now we've got a new group, too, the League of Realms. Sort of like uh-huh. an Avengers of all the people from all the different realms get together to defend the realms. That's cool. Sif's yeah. the Asgardian representative on that. I just love what Jason Aaron has done in this world. It really is a testament to someone who can really spend years building it out. It's like Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, By the end of that yeah. run, you just knew all those characters so well. And anything that happened to them felt really important and emotional. So that's how I feel with Thor right now. It's very fitting in terms of the scope of the character, Thor is the one that before the new gods or the Eternals or anything, like that's the one where I think of, of Jack Kirby as really being like, look at this, mm-hmm. you know, like this huge sprawling epic in the in the greatest sense. And then, so Jason Aaron has sort of taken that on and, you know, it's like spans the entire length of history. This in is this epic. It's a truly epic world. story. Yeah. And it's a very Marvel story. But then again, you still got those touches. And I, I think one of the real delights of this, I think, is that it has fixed Odin in a way. Mm. He was an asshole. Yeah, he was a giant asshole to the point that like, there wasn't much point in having him around because he was just a barrier. Right. Or not even, or just a voice of doubt. And here... He's, I was going to say he's humanized him, but he has. He's humanized him. You know, there was that one issue that was incredibly introspective. Yes. That was like two issues ago, yeah. And I feel like having Thor actually become the Allfather here, I don't know that that's been done. At least not with anything lasting. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's an actual progression of the character in a way that, you know, like, we've actually seen, you know, again, it's, it's about the illusion of progression, but it really does feel like progression. Yeah, that's what I mean about it'll be really interesting what happens next. Is we're going to have the same question, I think, about Batman. Obviously, it's not a, yeah. a topic for this week, but like, what happens after after Tom King? That's another question. That's the same thing I have with Thor, because that's how impactful Jason Aaron's run has been. As I said, there's a lot of great books this week. I didn't pick Thor immediately after finishing. I sat in it for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to sleep on it, because Thor ended up bubbling to the surface. But there was about five minutes where House of X number three was the pick of the week. Mm. Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz... We've talked on the show that House has been our favorite of the two books. And I think this is my favorite issue of uh, House of X so far. Well, I have bad news for you about that. You didn't like it. I forgot to... I didn't see it. Oh. In the many thousands of books that I read, I didn't see it. and Which is, I have an X blind spot, so I have a hard time remembering to get them. Well, you should know that it's every week. So there'll be a new one of these books every I, week. I know. I just... Well, this crazy. issue... We won't spend some time on it. This issue felt the most like X-Men. It's a very uh-huh. straightforward issue. Uh, and this is not spoiling anything for you, even though we have a spoiler warning. It's you. No, no, that's my bad. You, the point you go is, for it. we know that this group has been building this this master mold out in space, this base that's going to build all these other things that are going to build other sentinels. It's a little very complicated. It's a, there's a giant base called the mother mold that's going to build master molds, which will then build sentinels. It's a supply chain issue. And this issue, the X Men basically raid it, commando raid it, to destroy it. And it's, it's, so it's very straightforward. It's Cyclops and Wolverine and Jean Grey and Nightcrawler and Monet, I think, take a shuttle, crash into the thing and fight and blow it up. This is very much like a fun adventure X-Men commando story. And there's even a little bit of sadness in it and great action. Pepe Larraz, I think, is terrific. One of the best artists to come around in the last couple of years, a new artist. And it's a very non-Hickman-y, straightforward action story. And I really, I really had fun reading it. This is the kind of thing that makes me go, yes, I do, I do still like reading X Men. Yeah, something about those covers, I don't see them. It's weird. You don't have a banner across the top, you know? Yeah, just a little corner thing. So, and I, and, and I, I'm, I'm not gonna claim I haven't missed it. In the past, when I was on vacation, I missed a couple issues. I had to go back and download them because I just hadn't, I hadn't seen them. Yeah, but that's because I wasn't super paying really close attention because I wasn't on the show, so I was just, I wasn't really looking. I can totally see how you would do that. I'm not. I'm not sliding you. 
I'm not going to not read this. It's God, it's beautiful. That shot of Sabretooth is lovely. Yeah, that, that was a great scene too. This is a good issue. This was a really good issue. And then, you know, there was a while where I thought about Black Science 42 as well. This next issue we know is the final issue. This is the penultimate issue. When the next one comes out, we will say with confidence, <laughs> this is the final issue of Black Science. 42, Rick Remender, Mateo Scalera. This is their epic sci-fi story. And, you know, we've talked about it. I haven't always loved the whole run. I felt like there's, a, there's been points in the middle and about three quarters way through where I was barely holding on. Where we are now is fairly easy to follow. Yes. I know what's going on. It's not too complicated with the different realities and the onion and the pillar and all these things happening. It's it's fairly straightforward. We're living in this one dude's fantasy world, which is very tightly controlled. And there's always a lot of metaphor in Rick Remender's work. And there's a lot of metaphor here for conformity in modern society. And on top of the family drama and action and here, a lot of action and family drama. And Well, I, 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 like I think one of the lot. things that's nice about this is that we're really only focusing on one version of anybody. Right. You know, we don't have to worry about different versions of his family that are at different ages and in different places. And like, they're all in one place. Yep. This all comes together here. It's a, a really interesting imagining of a world, you know, that you've exceeded your daily allotment of calories. You can't eat it. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the robot who is supposedly taking care of you and advising you goes crazy and tries to kill you because you ate too many cookies. <laughs> you know, which that's valid. That's not something a middle-aged comic book writer doesn't think about. <laughs> Just saying. You know, like the little robot hands everywhere can turn to death. You know, and, and that sort of push-pull of you actually do have what you want. Why can't you be happy? Well, because it's not this way it's or not that. Freedom. I find that very, that's a very interesting, I mean, that that's like that's literature you know that's what it and, is, you, you know, know rick's an old punk rock kid who yeah rebels against authority and conformity so this totally Which makes is, sense yeah having punk rock kids that's just automatically just fraught with like you know conflicts you know but i did like the bit where you know the kid had planned meeting this girl and had a whole thing and it was working and dad screwed it up again <laughs> <laughs> there's a beautiful double page spread here where um what's his name Grant comes home and his wife is on the couch and she has a book and one robot's pouring her wine. The other robot maybe massaging her. I can't really tell. But it was just a gorgeous sci-fi double-page spread of her mm-hmm. with the wine pouring and Grant in the background taking his tie off. It's just I, I looked at that panel for a long time. His <laughs> short sleeve shirt tie. <laughs> like the ultimate, like, uh, not punk rock. This was a fun issue. I, I can't say it's always been fun reading this book. Some of it's been very confusing, but this was a really fun issue. And the last couple have been really fun. Also, I really, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to get to say this, but Mateo Scalero needs to fucking stop. It's good. And it looks like he will soon. And all the other comic book artists are going to be like, thank God, because we can't take this anymore. Well, I think the two artists making comics right now that I'm aware of who do motion the best both had books this week. I think it's Mateo Scalera and Sean Murphy. Yeah, I'll give they, you that. They both convey movement really, mm-hmm. really well. Their books are always moving. I mean, Wes Clark. Wes Clark? No. Wes Abbott. No. Wes Craig. Wes Craig. Wes Abbott's a colorist. Wes okay. And Wes Clark was a general. <laughs> <laughs> who didn't convey movement great. No, he's not great. His anatomy was bad. Comic book jokes. Justice League? No. Avengers. Avengers. 23. You wanted to talk about this. I did want to talk about it. I read the last two, maybe three issues, all back to back. (laughs) So you've known the blame of yourself this week. I know. No. Well, yes and no. Doesn't matter. (laughs) I didn't mind that. I really enjoyed my comics this week. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, like, I read, like, three Black Panthers in a row and I read Mm. three Avengers in a row. And I was really enjoying it because there was some, you know, momentum to stuff. If they hadn't been good, then that would be a different sure. thing. I like what's going on in Avengers now because basically we've – I know that he's battling hell and everything, but actually we have pulled the scope back a little bit. It's all happening. It's a bottle episode in a way. It's all sort of happening in Avengers Mountain. Mm-hmm. You've got this sort of big fight with an invisible demon. Who has possessed the base, the celestial right. body, so that's cool. There was a real sense of like, God, who's this going to be? I found that interesting. I like Damien uh, Hellstorm, Son of Satan, yeah. very much. He shows up just often enough that he's still interesting. <laughs> and I really, I like that character. He's a nice little 
thing that gets to come in with this group. Yep. I like what's going on with the Ghost Rider. I, I find the Ghost Rider story to be interesting. And that's a sentence I have not said many times in my life. It's all working out. And I was really digging it. And then the reveal at the end is that it's fucking Cosmic Ghost Rider. And I was like, really? That's what you're going to do? I have to say, you hate the final page Punisher reveal, but that might be the most unique final page Punisher reveal. Oh, I didn't even put it together that it was a final page Punisher reveal. Yeah. To me, it just, it just felt like, like, here's this thing that we're paying a lot of attention to at the company. Yeah. Instead of something interesting. Well, it is Ghost Rider. I mean, it's a very Ghost Rider I know. story. I'm not even saying it doesn't make sense. I just wanted it to be something that I wasn't expecting because I wasn't expecting anything. But I can get Cosmic Ghost Rider. I was hoping to be something I'm not getting somewhere else. I know that I talk about it a lot in the show, and people are probably sick of it, but it's too bad because it's our show, and it's 690 episodes, so this is the show. But when you have Johnny Blaze and his flaming head and motorcycle next to this guy with his weird metallic head with hardly any flames and his car that's not really on flames, one design is a lot better than the other, and it's not the current guy. I don't mind it. I really like the car. I, I we were just talking about Mateo Scalero and yeah. and Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a good car. This is a good drawn car. Well, Stefano Caselli is really good. He's filling. Yeah, out. no, Stefano Caselli really like ripped this issue, and and I liked the sort of gathering of the Ghost Riders who give him an attaboy. I like this Ghost Rider character. I like where he's coming from. The cars, like it's all just a little bit different, but still within a, a an overall thing that he's trying to figure out. It, it works for me. It's fine. It's just strange that his head's not actually on fire. That's such a Ghost Rider image. It's he has smoky. like exhaust ports that like smoke comes out of it. It's, it's, it's weird. fine. I mean, it's not the, it's not the greatest design of all time, but it, it could be much much worse. And I really like the car as his thing, the Hell Charger, which apparently is the spirit of his serial killer uncle or something like that. It's all very like arch and silly. Yeah, yeah. But boy, Stefano Caselli, not a, like a name that I've heard before. But as I was reading this, I kept going, "Who's drawing this? This is great." He's been around. Yeah. No, but I don't feel like I've, he's blown me away or anything before. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's a, you know maybe you know artists get better and the production around them is right and the story's right for them and um, it was fun. Uh, the the drawings of hell are really funny. There's like the little eyeballs that are poking up from the ground uh, <laughs> and a bunch of it. It's fun. It's just it's it's totally wacky and big and it, it's. Well, if you there's know, someone who would do like really imaginative weird hell, it'd be Jason Aaron would write that. Yes, and he and he's doing so. Skip over to uh, to Black Panther. Are, you're not reading this. No, thing, I right? dropped off a while ago. You would have reason. I would understand that. But the last few issues really pulled it together, and I was like, oh, I understand what's happening here. What is happening? The T'Challa who is in the story from the future is our T'Challa. Okay. And he'd been sort of pulled forward and then lost within this empire of what Wakanda will become someday. And he's a nameless slave, basically, and he rises up and he finds out he's king and they lead a revolution against this empire. And he finds his way back home. And this is basically, he's come back and he's with Aurora and he's with his mother and he's with Shuri. And they're like, you're here now. And he's like, we have to go back and help them. And they're like, that's 2,000 years in the future. What does it concern us? And they're basically saying, like, right now, is things are going great for Wakanda. It's our time. Yeah. Right and, here. Like, and, and it's placed in our, down here. I saw Goonies in the theater the other day, and it was great. Anyway, <laughs> you should probably donate to the Patreon so we can talk about that. Oh, man. See that? It's I watched it over the break. It was on TV. I think it started because when I went to visit you guys, it was on the TV for that a was it. While. You were there too. That's right. Yeah, put the taste in. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I said. I said I said booty traps. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Cohen gives a phenomenal performance. They all in that do. Movie. I know, but even uh, Brolin. It's true. Who I used to think looked really old, but now when I saw him in the movie, I was like, no, he looked quite young because he was seventeen. <laughs> His head wasn't so big, and his shoulders weren't so tiny, but it was starting. He didn't have sleeves. It's true. Anyway, so right now what we have is T'Challa back. He said, we're going to go help them, and they're saying, well, you know, that's the few. There's not even anything we can do about it. And he's like, there are people in chains. There are people in bondage. Yeah. There's people, and, you know, they're like, well, that doesn't really affect us. It's not here, but it's a, it's a pretty compelling argument that the characters of this fictional African nation are faced with. He's busy. 
Yes, he is. He is the chairman of the Avengers. He is on that Senate. In one of the books, he got he's, he was yep. in a, like some sort of galactic Senate. He's a king. And he's a king of a nation, and now he's also a future freedom fighter. Yeah. And, you know, like, it just, it was a good argument. It was like, okay, I, I, it makes sense why Ta-Nehisi Coates is on this. Like, you see what he's he's trying to get at here. Daniel Acuna is, is a fantastic artist, so it's all super gorgeous. Then at the end, there seems to be some sort of Venom thing going on. No, with no. The, no, the last pages are killing me this week. I was like, I'm really enjoying this. And the last page is like, don't do that. Not enough to ruin it for me. But either way, the point is that the last three issues of this have really coalesced in a thing where I, I'd wrap my head around it. And I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. This is this is working for me. And which I'm glad I wanted to have that feeling. I didn't want it. You know, sometimes it starts to spiral out of control and it never comes back around. But it, it did uh, in this instance. So I, I got to give him credit for that. And they added venom to it. <sighs> Is yes. it related to the Carnage thing? I don't think so, but it's just like, it's the same thing. Like, Venom becomes a thing, and then they say, well, the Venom is actually their gods. They're I don't aliens. like that. That's happening in another book. I know. What and book it's, is that? And it goes in everything, and then it's the same as the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Like, the story's going on, and then, but the, the thing is, like, that used to make me happy. Right. That was what I liked about Marvel Universe stuff. And now I don't, and I don't know why. So let's check out a new number one from Dark Horse Comics. Tommy Gun Wizards, number one. Christian Ward is your writer. Sammy Cavella is your artist. Christian Ward and D. Cuniff on colors. This was tied for first for the patron pick. As you know now, if there's a tie, we flip a coin. If we're lost. But I think we were going to check it out anyway, weren't we? I would have, because I saw Christian Ward. I did not realize, I saw that he was writing it, but I did not realize that he did not do the art. Because mm-hmm. he did color it. So it looked a lot like Christian Ward art, but different. And now that I'm looking that there was sort of a, a different artist, I went, oh, I understand. That makes sense. But still, I would have checked this out based on the title, it being a number one at Dark Horse. I'm slightly surprised only because you tend to not, and I the same way, but you especially tend to not like when they are putting my chocolate, my peanut butter, you know, my, uh, my, my, yes. my, my magic story and my true crime story. Yep. I didn't know what it was, really. I didn't do much look into it other than see Tommy Gun, and I think, well, that might be a thing. It's right there in the title, by the way, Tommy Gun Wizards, which could not be more clear, <laughs> but I did not realize that until I was reading it. However, I'm not going to say I loved this because there is a bit of like, why are you doing all this? But I have seen the Chicago-era prohibition Elliot Ness story in many, many, many forms, and I do not need another straight retelling of it. All day long. More straight retellings of it. Okay, fair this enough. This is Chicago 1931. Instead of booze being prohibited it's magic something called uh, licks is that what it was licks yeah so some sort of like minor magic you can buy at a bar and you know help you do many things you can be more suave or you could you know sleep better you know it's basically your cure-all it's cbd yeah it's, it's basically <laughs> what it is right off the bat at a press conference somebody calls Elliot Ness detective which i was like all right that's a star off <laughs> he was a federal treasury officer Although, I almost want to start back because basically they introduced, who's basically Malone yep. from Untouchables, but not called Malone, but basically Sean Connery's character. And I was like, That's okay. Right. Before this was, before we were at the end of the patron voting, I was like, Connor, you need to read this. <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to love it, but I think you need to read it because we're going to have to talk about it. I don't dislike it. I certainly don't dislike That's it. That's right where I am. It was well written, other than calling Elliot as a detective, which is sort of egregious. It was well drawn. I thought the art had a very, um, like, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez feel in parts with the characters. World building. Like you I, know, the story's not I don't necessarily love mashups like this, but, you know, in terms of execution, it was well done. Yes. You know, Capone also has no scars on his face, another star off. You know, <laughs> dealing in magic instead of booze and... And then, of course, the obvious, the obvious uh, you know, reveal at the end is that Ness is hooked on the legal magic. What? I mean, there were a couple of things I lost the thread on. There's a lot of just dudes, and I had hard trouble keeping track of just the dudes. And at the one point, there's a dude's head in a box. I didn't know if we were supposed to know that guy. I assumed so. Was that not Gwyneth Paltrow? It doesn't look like it. <laughs> there was just a couple of times where I think I was supposed to follow who people were, and I wasn't really following who people were. Yeah. At one point yeah. where Capone was pretending to be somebody else and then some people got shot. And I think we, I didn't know who those people were. And when there's a lot of dudes in fedoras and trench coats, it's just kind of like, sure. wait, which dude is that? And, you know, I don't know who Sammy Cavella is, but that means that he's probably all, not all that experienced. So maybe some of this is new, even though there's some talent there, some roughness as well. But overall, you know, I went in thinking, 
well, I'll probably hate this. And then I was like, I didn't, I didn't hate that. There was enough there to sort of grab onto, and I thought it was thought out well enough, rather than just being, you know, sensationalistic with its chocolate and peanut butter. You know, it, was, it worked. So if you were rating this in the patron scale of uh, one to five stars, what would you rate it? In the three to three and a half area? Yeah, it's going to go three. Yeah. And then the real question is, are you going to read more of it? Maybe. If it's a week like this, it could be in trouble. And it's also one of those things where if I forgot to read it, mm-hmm. I would not come back. So here's the other question for you, you may, uh-huh. which you may not have the answer to. The story ends with Ness sitting on his bed looking at a vial of lick saying whatever it takes clearly meaning to take the lick to help him in the investigation and then the next page which you may not have read because you often stop when, it's, when it says the end it's sort of like a looks like Christian Ward drawn many moons ago many moons away one two three four page story that says to be continued at the end I don't know if this is related I read it I don't know if it's related to the, what we just read I don't know if it's another book I don't know what the hell that was I did read it but I don't know either. It was weird. I've been making an effort to keep going after that point. <laughs> it's just weird. Maybe this isn't the end. No, it's the end. But I remember reading that and just being very confused. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I go three stars. I have no idea if I, would, if I continue to go. I, it depends on the week. I think you're correct. Uh, and there's a really good chance that I could just pass over it. It wasn't bad. Again, I'm not going to say it's not. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it just was, it was, totally. There was things to like about it for sure. Yeah, that's that's not really a pain. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't ever pass over? What? Oh, clean, fresh Mack Weldon underwear. Nice fabrics on your nethers. Yeah, just all of it. I mean, this isn't even the part that we're gonna be, that we're supposed to be talking about. But the deal is this: they remain and they continue to be the correct amount of snugness, mm. and that is huge. I used to wear boxer briefs. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the personal part of the show. I'm sorry. We're getting into it. Put your feet up. That's what they're paying us for. Get a glass of Chardonnay. We're going for it. I bought them from a major chain, a clothing chain. They looked nice. They felt nice out of the package. But within not a lot of time, they're riding up my leg. They're Mm -hmm. loose by the end of the day. The frontal area Mm -hmm. would lose its shape Mm -hmm. and therefore any effectiveness it might have had. In the right combination, that could even lead to chafing. Yeah, that's bad. I don't have any of these problems with my Mac Weldons. I've got some Mac Weldons going on two, three years now. Mm-hmm. They're getting worn. They're not on the on the bench. They're yeoman. They're every day. They're out there playing, and they're holding up like champs. They're not wearing out. They're not the cheapest underwear in the world, but I'm getting my money's worth. We, we've talked about this before. Yep. I'm not even bullshitting you. I'm really happy about that part. And I've had other brands that are similar to this. All that stuff, like, these are the best ones. Just by far. They really are. They hold their shape. You don't get that flappy leg thing you get with, with some uh, boxer briefs. Which is the work. Something's like you're wearing a skirt. Yep. You know, you got the anti-roll technology in some of them. You've got the, the anti-odor technology in some of them. There's a lot of technological innovation happening. And you you would think, hey, we've we've solved underwear. Everyone stop your research. We're done. But no, they keep going and saying, no, what if you did this? And what if you did this? And you're like, oh, right. What if you did have a little bit of snugger legs so it doesn't flap open? And what if you didn't have a thing that kept it from rolling down? But not in an uncomfortable way. It's not cutting off your circulation. You're not getting purple exactly. legs. Exactly. I don't look like a, like a broken sausage casing. At least not there. <laughs> Just <laughs> everywhere else. It is better than whatever you're wearing right now unless you're wearing it. And that's the deal. It's a premium men's essentials brand. They believe in smart design and premium fabrics, which I will testify to. In court, if need be. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, simple shopping. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. I got my eye on some of them shorts. Ooh. Like the sweatpants, but they're short. Mm-hmm. I was looking at that, and I was like, well, I could, I could use some of that right now. That's what I was thinking. So that might be a thing. They want you to be comfortable. If you do not like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. But after that, what if you think, oh, I really do want to go back? I don't know what happens then. I don't know if they say, <laughs> we refunded you, pal. Right. You're out. Hit the bricks. I can't imagine they wouldn't let you have them. They wouldn't let you come back. Right. Come back, buy some more. Get them. you got no risk. Try it out. We're, you're going to find that we're not wrong. That's the deal. You want to check out the newest products over at Mack Weldon, including the Ace and Radius pants. The Ace is what I was talking about. Those are long sweatpants. And there's a shorter version, the shorts. 
those they got my got my eye on them. Mm-hmm. A little extra cash on hand, I could be bringing those in. But the thing is, this I can't use the code, no, because the twenty percent off your first order at MacWeldon.com with the coupon code iFanboys for first orders, and I'm <laughs> the first order. You're already deep in. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go for it. Because I'm telling you something right now, it's worth it. That's true. That's true. I'm kind of excited. It's been too hot to wear my ace pants. It's just been too hot. In Pretty general, soon to do anything. We're going to be back into it. The other day, I was a little cool, and I was like, "Sweet!" And I went and got my ace pants on. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. I'm do some, go out there, do some hiking in the radius pants. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Ah, the fall's coming. I had the same thought the other day. I was like, "Ooh, is it? Can I put on my sweatpants?" And I was like, "Nope, too hot." Yep. But the day's coming. The day's coming. And I, I had to back off. I was like, "Nope, that's not going to work." We're going too back close to the sun. Yeah, that's why I need the shorts. Twenty percent off your first order. MacWeldon.com with the promo code iFanboy. Do it. So we mentioned at the top of the show, this is a crazy busy week. There's a lot of books we want to talk about. We were debating how to do that. We thought about bringing back the bell, as long-time listeners would know it. We decided it wasn't quite bell-worthy week, but it was worthy enough where we're going to now, in this segment, talk about 10 books, and we're going to give ourselves approximately one minute each to talk about them. So I've got a timer here. I have a, a, a procedural question. Sure. There are books in here that I assume that you added to the list that yep. I would have added to the list. Yeah, you know, we can both talk about it. We just only have one. We can only do it for one minute. Okay. It's not a monologue as with the bell. It's a discussion between you and I, the host of the show, but it can only last for one minute. I do talk a lot. Yeah, well, we're going to have to be careful. Then you're going to hear the alarm go off and you're going to have to move on to the next book. All right. Which means we may not cover all the entire creative teams. We may not get all the stuff we want to get to. Okay. So let's start off with. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number 11, which I wanted to talk about. Tom Taylor is a terrific writer. As we said, this issue features a cover with Mary Jane putting on the Spider-Man suit. It's a metaphor in which uh, the issue opens up with Peter collapsing in the apartment. He's had a long night being Spider-Man. He's brought her bagels. He collapses in bed, and she goes, up, she goes off to basically be a, hero of, be a hero in her own right throughout the day just being Mary Jane. So this is basically an issue following her around as she... She ends up saving the day in a, in a subway attack. There's a troll that's left over from the War of the Realms attack who's in the, in, living in the, in the subways, and he attacks her train. That's, that's the new Marvel cliche, by yeah, the way. Yeah. There's and, things left over from the War of the Realms. And so there, she, she helps fight him off with the help of Miles Morales. She's a little team up with him. She gives him the Spider-Man seal of approval. And uh, it's just a fun little Mary Jane ad- a romp. And it shows why she's such nice. a great partner for Peter. Um, because she's as badass as he is. One, zero. There we go. Spider-Man Life Story number six is the final part of Chip Zdarsky and Matt Mark Bagley's uh, uh, journey with Spider-Man through time. I'm, I'm almost undecided on the end of this. I think I liked it. I did like it, and I thought it was very emotional. At the end, I mean, specifically. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, you mean the whole story I, or just I, this I, issue? I'm just I, I like the whole story, but just this issue, I think I like the story. I think it suffers from the same thing that we talked about in the last issue, is that you know, the art isn't the strongest or maybe Although the best there fit. Although there is, is an inc- I thought, an incredible panel, um, and this is no spoiler, this is 72-year-old Spider-Man having an Avenger in space, so this is the end of Peter's life. As, as he faces death, there's this incredible shot on page 26 of your digital reader, where Peter is looking uh, out at space, and he he looked and he, he closes. His eyes. I thought it was some of the best work Bagley's ever done in those two panels in terms of uh, face acting and detail. Uh, we're done. This minute has not given me time to find a page. That's okay. It is a nice page. Mountainhead number one uh, from one of the publishers that I can't remember. Uh, I picked it up because of the artist uh, Ryan Lee's who Ryan Lee. Mm-hmm. So look at this. It was written by John Lee's, art by Ryan Lee, letters by Sean Lee. That's um, that's too confusing. This is a really cool story about a guy, a kid who was kidnapped as a little kid uh, by a man who raised him and he thought was his dad. Thirty seconds. But that was a crazy person uh, who they they he that guy shot himself because he was a crazy off the grid guy and he gets returned to his family. So the kid is all messed up, and he goes mm-hmm. back to this town in the mountains, uh, and he, then he decides to escape from his family at the end. Uh, Ryan Lee is is a great artist. I've known, I've been like Facebook friends and seen him on uh, Instagram for a, a long time, and I think this is a beautiful looking book. And it's actually it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. 
Um, I'm excited to read the next issue. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is. Batman Superman number one, Joshua Williamson. Sorry about that. That went fast. David Marquez. um, You know, the headline here is David Marquez. Doing doing Batman Superman, it's fucking who draws an amazing gorgeous. Batman, amazing Superman. Uh, the, the the downside is it's all about the Batman who laughs. <laughs> and uh, did you read it? That's very conflicted reading this. I, I I I hated reading every minute of it, but I loved looking at it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense. It really was. I mean, this was one of the best yeah. looking books of the week, uh, and and also Marquez gets to draw a lot of the DC. Here, you here because they're looking at a screen with all the care, all the their friends on it because they're trying to figure out who was infected yes. by the Batman left. I don't. I know this is a this is like a offshoot of, of that miniseries we didn't read, so a lot of it was very confusing. So I don't really know about the stakes. I'm gonna keep. It's actually laid out pretty well. No, I mean in terms of like, like what I, the the infection and all that stuff. Like I don't. Yeah. It's just I just don't care about. I that. followed it pretty well. I was actually pretty happy. God, I'm so good looking. Um, <laughs> Superman 14. This was the issue that was recalled. <laughs> A few weeks ago, because of reasons we'll never know, probably um, you can probably speculate. This issue I thought was worth mentioning because um, it re- this is the f- official first appearance of the Legion of Superheroes in, I guess the new, the new Fifty Two, if we're still calling it that. Um, yeah, not only that, but uh, you know, it, it sort of gave a, 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 a like, oh, this is what we're going to do with John. Yeah, I, I, he may, he may be going to live in the future. Yep, and that's that ties up a lot of stuff real nicely. Maybe he can take Damien with him. They don't have a Batman on the team. I don't see anyone wearing a bat suit. Good point. He can go be Batman in the future, and that's fine. It's true. Um, that's all I wanted to say. We still have ten seconds, though. So. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it was fine. How's the weather there? Yeah, it's it's been nice. A little warm today. It's okay. fine. Um. She-Hulk annual number one. As far as I'm aware, there is no ongoing She-Hulk book. Right. Um, Strange you have this, an annual for that. Yeah, whatever. This story by uh, Alexandra Petri, who I do not know. Who is she? Because she's Mac- great. I And Andy McDonald, who I do know and who is great, was a really fun uh, machine smith bullseye She-Hulk story. And we were just talking about this. Bring in machine smith. I don't know what the acts of evil thing is. Like, Is it... I, I thought at first this was one of those things like the Hulk one, uh, you know, like the classic, but it was the classic creative team. So I don't know what this is, but didn't really matter. Um, this was a really, really fun story. I don't know who Alexandra Petri is, but she should write more Marvel comics because she's really good yeah, at it. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. It was unexpected, uh, you know, and, and it, it wasn't the current She-Hulk. It wasn't the... No, of- it takes place in the past. It made me, it made me realize how much I, I don't like the, the current version of She-Hulk. Oh, no, because- yeah, old She-Hulk is great. It's it's it's, like, it's a contrast thing. When she's like she is now, it's, it's, she's exactly like the Hulk. There's no contrast. Yeah, it was great. Go go get it. Justice League thirty. I assume you didn't read. You're on your own. This is the first issue of the Doom Justice War, whatever it's called, Justice Doom War, and uh, gorgeously drawn by Jorge Jimenez. I don't really, you know, I'm not super into this story, but also much like Superman, notable because. Uh, they got the jump on Jeff Johns, and this is the first appearance of the Justice Society in the New 52. Actually, that's not true, because they had that Earth 2 one. The classic Justice Society, the ones we know and love. They're, they're old costumes. We got Ted Grant. We have, we have Wildcat. We have Starman. We have the Hourman. We have uh, all of them. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, the Atom, Green Lantern, Jake Garrick, um, Alan Scott. And not only that, but Commandi is in this as well. <laughs> You're going to use your whole minute saying names. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> um, Hawkman. So I don't know what's going on here. They, they're, 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 uh, I don't have enough time to explain. But they're in the book. <laughs> uh, my review of The Flash 77 goes like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish it. <sighs> so this tied into the Justice like The year of the villain thing that's, that's in all of these DC books is really dragging the whole line down, I think. Um and I, and I think in this issue really crystallized why, and it's because so the whole you know the whole story is like Lex, Lex Luthor has powered up all the villains, given them you know increased power and stuff. It's it, but it also made them into in the like edgy '90s versions of themselves. And I think that's I, th- I don't know who any of the villains even are anymore. Well, like you know, it opens up with Mirror Master, who's now like the uh, Mirror Assassin, 
And he's got a, he's got like an axe and he's got lightning. Every, it's just like okay, we're in, it's back to nineteen ninety three again. This is just that's DC's not aesthetic. even why I bailed. It was the, the still forest and the what I was like I don't care. Well, don't that's all that that's it. all terrible too. But I think really why I think why I've been less enthusiastic about DC right now is because of all this nineties of these villains in this ugh, in this line wide story, which I think is a mistake. <laughs> I read Curse of the White oh, Knight. Oh, sorry. Batman Curse you. of the White Knight. That was me. Um, or you. Yeah. Whoever. Um, I, no, you can, you can go on. I, I don't know. I just really like this. It's all, for all intents and purposes, it's an Elseworlds story. I like the historical aspect of the Waynes um, settling the, or help, or, you know, having the town with the Arkhams. And then there's a, there's a schism there and the Waynes steal the town. And so there's a historical aspect to this. This is like the only time I've really been into uh Azrael and there's a um I I'm a, I love the Sean Murphy art as we talked about earlier he's really good at drawing cars in motion and he gets to do some car chases here and I just really I'm really liking I know this is a sequel to a mini I liked before but I, I really like the historical aspect of this one I'm I could not read it that'd be fine yeah I, I, that's fine I that's I fine. want I I don't even know if I want to like it I don't, I don't know that I do it looks really nice I know that much but I tried it I tried to. I made. I made it that far. I think it's only three. Oh well, three then I guess I'll maybe? finish it. It's almost done. Doctor Strange number eighteen. This was a one and done issue. It was fantastic. This is my favorite Doctor Strange that I've read in a while. Ooh. He basically just shows up in this house in the Midwest and he's ordering them these people around who are trying to prepare a birthday party for their daughter. And he's a prick, and they're just like, "What? Are, what are we supposed to do?" And so then they follow me. Finds that the house has been uh, possessed by a demon. The daughter comes home. It was very funny. It was heavy and and light all at the same time. It was you know it was really uh, Jesus says you know just did a great job drawing crazy Doctor Strange stuff, but also keeping it kind of funny and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a great single issue. I think you should buy this issue. This could have been a pick of the week. I think Mark Wade really having fun with it. Um, I'm looking for it right now. And I, you, have, you have 16 more seconds if you want to keep talking. I, I don't need to. I said my I made my piece. So is it like humid there or? Uh, it was yesterday. I'm in the basement. It's hard to tell. Yeah, a little bit. It's going to be nice again. It's been a lovely August, really, is what it has been. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, so we did it. We did 10 books in 10 minutes. Wow. Those are the books we wanted to talk about. But as Josh mentioned at the top of the show, we have the patron pick. That's where all the patrons over at patreon.com slash fanboy get to vote to add a book to the rundown. We had to tie this week. A coin was flipped. The winner was Marvel Comics 1000, written by Al Ewing and then a bunch of people and drawn by a bunch of people. But Al Ewing did the main through line he wrote the most stories if you're not a patron then you probably didn't watch our hangout last week what we had with ron and we talked about this and how dumb the numbering is there's basically no way around it making sense this is not ron's talking this is my opinion they just wanted to capitalize on what dc was doing with their thousand issues and so here the idea is that if marvel comics put out a number one issue back in what every year it was 30 30 39 this would have been the thousandth issue if you had some double shipping years in there, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Buy the t-shirt. <laughs> I'm really, really, really curious what you think of this 90-page extravaganza in which single-page stories are told for each year of the Marvel Universe, and then there's a through story by Al Ewing that goes through the entire thing. Um, I'm very curious what you thought of it. Well, I think that you're using the word "story" <laughs> is loose, <laughs> and and it held together. You know, only by a thread. To me, I think the only real attraction of this... All right, there's two. It's kind of interesting to see some of these characters who I have only, you know, glanced on or heard of it, you know, like at a small point during sort of my comic reading life. That is also being done over in the History of the Marvel Universe book, Mm -hmm. and it's being done better. Mm -hmm. So that leaves the other real attraction here is to sort of get uh, uh i don't know an all a who's who or murderers row kind of every artist every artist and even a few writers that i didn't expect had a little something to do in here and that was fun uh that made the endless page count go by <laughs> faster i thought it was a fast read which is it strange was, a lot of panels also, i didn't i didn't find it to be all that interesting though it's weird i i would say on the whole i enjoyed reading it for various reasons, but it's nothing more than a curiosity because it's so strange. Yeah. And I found myself perhaps unavoidably, maybe because of, you know, who we are and do- doing the show for so long and knowing so much about the industry, wondering about it. 
you know, so as we said, there's a each issue of the history of Marvel and also the real is weird because it's like the history of Marvel plus the real history of Marvel was represented by a page. I found myself wondering about some pretty glaring omissions. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing here from the Claremont Byrne era of X-Men. There's nothing here from the Claremont Jim Lee era of X-Men. There's nothing here from Bendis' Avengers run. There's nothing here from some pretty major things that happened, you know, throughout the ages. So, like, for instance, I'm looking at 1955, first appearance of Black Knight. Okay, I guess that's a big deal. But then one of them later on is Iron Man fights Doctor Doom. I guess nothing else happened that year. And there's a whole page of Cable drawn by Rob Liefeld. And why? Well, I mean, because I would expect that because it was a big deal. But, like, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man's not in here. There's a lot of major... Uh, the fact that Jim Lee's on here at all is crazy. I realize he's the, he's the publisher of their main rival, but yeah. if you're celebrating your history, he's the most important guy at your company for like 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Claremont's not even in here. Yeah. Burns not in here. The Secret War isn't isn't represented in here. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't even think the first that major that. crossover in, you know, Marvel and DC Comics, which set the stage for everything, isn't in this book. It's just a very bizarre choices and that's not to say they weren't really good pages here i love some of these pages i'm looking right now the tom defalco ron friend store page i love that fucking page that was great i loved was everything great. about it the little brad Meltzer story that was great too by that artist who i don't know but who is amazing yeah. julian Totino tedesco yeah where she's like what's your name i'm gonna name my baby after you and the yeah. way that was written and drawn was beautiful that was how you do a one-page story by the way a lot of these were not not great. There, there's a Dave Mandel Machine Man story in here. Dave Mandel is a Seinfeld writer. Now he's he's done a lot of things. He's a showrunner on on uh, the last few episodes or last few seasons of Veep. Yeah, really funny little bit in there. There's a bit, bit written and drawn by that was really good. That was the Hercules one. That was a really good one. Yep, Casada Daredevil drawn by Kevin Nolan doing Daredevil from the Marvel Knights era that looks like Casada and Palmiotti's Daredevil. I thought it was at first. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. So that was kind of cool. There's a there's a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar co-written story, <laughs> which is crazy. I want to ask you about one specifically because I ended up liking it against all odds. What did you think of the J. Michael Straczynski one? Uh, you're going to have to remind me of it. I remember seeing his name. But... It was the one about regret. And what do you regret? And the reason why I mention it is because he put himself in the story, which you probably hate. In which what he time? says, he says, basically, I'm looking for it. He says, all these characters, oh, it's, uh, here we go. It's page 81 on your digital reader. It's, it's Mr. Straczynski oh. and Ed McGinnis. It's for 2017. Stanley appears as the Watcher in Guardians of the Galaxy number two. That's not even a comics thing. That happened a few times where they were like, here's the movie and here's this. And, and yeah, that's so, weird. but it was funny because all these characters tell me what they regret and he puts himself in there and says, sins past. Which made me laugh because that's as much maligned Spider Man story. Yeah. I thought at least he showed some humility there. Yeah. You know, there was terrific art. There was some really good stories. There was a the through line story about this mask, the Eternity mask that's gone throughout Marvel history. And now there's some mystery person wearing it in the Marvel Universe. And it says, in 2020, the face of the mask will be revealed. I don't really care. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't leave this hoping that I, I, Al Ewing can be a really good writer. He's he's actually weird because he's operating in this sort of like, he's got like half an auteur part to his career and half a sort of utility mm-hmm. writer to his career. He's interesting. Like he's a little bit of Tom King and a little bit of Steve Orlando. <laughs> like it's those sort of two guys at the same time. Yeah. But I that part didn't grab me at all. There's really just a like, what are they going to do with this page? But f- for the most part, I didn't find it all that memorable. And because... They only had a page, and there were so many things flying at you one after another. It was hard to make them stand out, even if there was an amazing artist drawing something. You know, I'm looking at a Marcos Martin page. I mean, there's, there was I'm a lot of great, at it. great art. It's just, it was such a bizarre project. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. It felt pretty pointless. It just felt like a, like a shoehorn into this into action detective comics. And we'll, we, we can do that, too. And instead of telling a story, they did it. And again, some of it worked, some of it didn't. It was just weird. At the end of the day, it did not feel like it was a valuable use of my time to read the whole thing. Like, I enjoyed reading it because I thought there was some really good stuff to look at, and occasionally a story would be really good. Yep. But I got distracted, as I said, thinking about the, the outside business of it. Why yeah. isn't Secret Wars in here? Why isn't why isn't Tom McFarlane Spider-Man in here? You'd think like, Venom being in here would be a bigger deal yeah. than you know some other stuff. They pulled in every call they could. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller... That one was good. That was funny. Yep. 
That was a good one. That was my. And I always like to see when guys who you know like guys like them or or like I said, Dave Mandel. Like you read it and you're going, well, clearly these people know enough about comics to say something that's at least that's interesting and appropriate. Right. There's a Gabe Hardman page in here. Yeah. That's for those of you. That's crazy. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't draw other people's work anymore. So that's you know not unless he really wants to. Right. So that was good to see. Roy Thomas, you know, when's the last time you saw it? Or Jerry Conway? I, like, you know, that was good. Yeah. I'm, I don't remember what it was, but I remember that was the, the Wolverine one where he gets introduced on stage as Wolverine. Yes, I remember thinking that's really good. That's you know, I didn't expect, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the a Roy. I don't think Roy Thomas is actually that old or infirm. <laughs> you know, like he was a kid when he was doing this stuff. Basically, it's just it was a weird book. It was, it was a, a weird, weird book. book. I'm having a hard time doing the ratings on this. It's a Chris Somney page, for God's sakes. Yeah. What's he up to? Out of five, I'm going to pass? Wow, is that... Incomplete? I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to rate it. Can we do a pass-fail? Like in college? No. No, you, you got to make a call. All right. Well, it's hard because I, I feel like I want to split it down the middle, but half of five is two and a half, and I feel like that might be too low. I was feeling like three. I just say three. Like I'm looking at this Darth Vader story. All right, are you going to tell a story or are you going to do a through line or not? So many pages were wasted on that story, the through line story, the Kid Eternity one. Yeah. A couple of them were interesting, especially the older ones. So I like that old period of Marvel, that you know, the Golden Age period. It's interesting. Yes. But then 100%. as it went further on through the years, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So there you go. Marvel yeah. Comics 1000, the patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. You can vote. Everyone who's a patron gets to vote. To add a book to the rundown. Also, if you give it the five dollar higher level, you get your undumb superpower right here on the show. And uh, Josh, why don't you start it? Well, Blake Button has the ability to effortlessly craft the perfect resume for himself or anyone. Just for 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 himself. It's only himself. He's got to he's got to craft the because you, you know for whoever he's whoever he's sending it to, you assume the different audiences have different need different resumes. There's nothing in the world I hate writing more than resumes. Are you looking for another and, job? No, it's just I've I've helped or like people have asked like, well, you know, if my wife was doing one or like I'd be like I, I don't I don't know. No I don't knows. know what to write anymore. No one knows what it's supposed to be. It, it's a it's a horrible subjective uh, toiling exercise that may or may not be completely wasted as you send these things off into the ether. I at least remember when we were we were young, like they were like, oh, printed on the nice bond paper. Yeah. Now none of that matters. Right. And it's horrible. Send a PDF and, that you can just scroll through. Yeah. And and not, what's it supposed to look like? Well, I guess it depends on how old the person reading it is. And what it is they're looking for. There's no, but not a problem for Blake Button. No, this resume is exactly what we're looking for. He sends it all on emojis. Mm-hmm. They're like brilliant. <laughs> he knows what to do. Keith Remick can instantly dry anything with a snap of his fingers. Hmm. Things that are wet, or, or things that are normal, but he can also dry those things out. Things that are wet. Okay, so like he couldn't like like if you like a like a roast chicken, and he <laughs> snaps his finger, and it looks like in Christmas Vacation with turkey. <laughs> I'm making the chewing face. Yep. I don't know what's in here, but it is good. Great bit of physical comedy from, from Chevy Chase with that chewing. <laughs> that makes me happy thinking about no that. No amount of gravy is going to save that turkey. <laughs> I, can't, I can't swim quite. I know, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's a honey of a tree, Clark. Anyway, if it's wet, he can dry it. Laundry, iPhone drop in the well, shoes in the rain. Also, on the other hand, like if you're, you know, Josh and I spent many years living in New York in the summertime. It's terrible. So you could get to work and you're dry. No sweaty clothes, no sweatiness. You're dry. Yeah, yeah. Hope you don't mind me asking, Clark, but how much something like that set you back? It's a quality item. (laughs) I could fumigate that. I love throwing the giant bag of dog food on top of all the delicate items in the truck. 
<sighs> and then doing it again. Oh, God, I'm so excited for Christmas vacation. Month, <laughs> only a few months away. <laughs> this is how we went off. It's great. Uh, Ryan Beatty can turn all of his enemies into trophies. Whoa. If Dark. he's being attacked, wave of his hand, he just turns them into those just little plastic gold trophies. For permanently? Oof, dark, Josh. You've had a couple of dark ones. Well, sometimes sometimes people need to be transmogrified into things that are A, not threatening, and B, silly. And is it any random sport, or is it related to something? Or uh, That's the part that it could be anything. You know, like, it, it could be bowling. It could be a badminton trophy. Hmm. It could be... It won't be a cool sport. Or if it is a cool sport, it will be from an earlier time. You know, the basketball player will have tiny like little shorts. Like ping pong? Mm-hmm. Like team handball? Could right. be chess. They give trophies for that. They do. Slot car racing or, or um, what's the Boy Scout one with the cars? Oh, yeah, yeah. I won that one. Pinewood Derby. Not the full-size one. We made little ones that you attached to a string that you had a little propeller yeah. on. No, the Pinewood Derby is the one where you put the yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, put the, the CO2 cartridge in it. We had to build little little like rockets with propeller on it attached to a yeah. string and let the propeller go and shoot it, and I won that race. Yeah. Nice work. Because I brought a glove with me to wind the propeller. Strong. <laughs> Todd. Okay. Uh, Will Knight. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> don't know, Margo. Will Knight says, when reading nonfiction... Oh, this doesn't say anything. <laughs> I say it. I'm so hot. Will Knight said... Doesn't say it. Fuck! Will Knight, when he's reading a book, a nonfiction book, knows what is real and what's not real, what's true and what's not true. Wow. So I'll be reading a book and be like, this is this didn't happen. Wow. That did happen. This did not happen. That's that's incredibly useful, but also would make reading a huge pain. <laughs> Especially like if you're reading like prehistory or ancient history. I just right. I did a book on the Crusades mm-hmm. and all that stuff is speculation. Right. And it's not like you can go to the off, uh, author and be like, that part's not true. And they'd be like, well, how do you know? You no. Know. You know, like, he's got no credibility, even though we, he's right. So those are the patron powers. We've totally spun out mentally as my brain is cooking and Josh is... Josh. Patreon.com slash fanboys, where you can go and uh, help the show, support the show, get your patron power, vote in the patron pick, come to the patron hangout, which we had last weekend successfully. Had a good time. All that can be found at patreon.com slash fanboy. As we said, the top of the show, no emails this week because we had all those books to talk about. Contact at ifanboy.com is how you can get your email on the show. Let's do some plugs. Plug it. Batman Hush, the animated brain trust show, was out last week or the week, bef- week before. It's right behind. It's it's back there. I think it's two shows back. There. It's two shows back. Uh, Paul Montgomery, Ryan Haupt, and I talked about that film. Go listen if you, if you want to know what we thought about it. And also, next, this month, what is it? Wow, I'm out of it. It will be September when this is heard. When this comes out, it'll be September, and that means you get a talk explode and a book explode mm-hmm. because Josh had his interview pushed so we had we're going to combine them both till next month why don't you tell him what's happening with that further clue for those of you mm-hmm. the subject of this interview was a contributor to the marvel 1000 j michael Straczynski. really narrows it down <laughs> it's not alan moore so we have book explode which is gonna be sleeper book one and we have the talk explode with josh's mystery guest that'll all be happening in september along with our regular shows so you're getting at least six shows in September, which is exciting. I, I started reading the Booksplode book. Oh, good. Today, I started. And it, it's right away I went, oh, this doesn't look like I remember. <laughs> so it's, this is going to be good. I think two weeks from this show is episode 700. And as you know, on the big episodes, the 150s, we do all the email show. We go for a couple hours. We answer as many emails as we can. And also we're going to live stream it as we do. So if you want to come watch the mm-hmm. live stream... That's going to be happening Friday, September 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Subject to change if something happens, but that's that's what we're scheduled it for. Me and Josh and Ryan helped. We'll all be there answering your emails. Not so, just patrons. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's Everyone's welcome. welcome to come watch us devolve <laughs> over the course of hours. And then uh, if you want to get your email on the show, you have to send us emails in by Friday, September 13th at noon Pacific with 700 in the subject line. You are giving them quite a bit of, of time. I am. I'm impressed. And here's a tip for you guys if you want to get on the show, because we always get way more emails than we can do on the show. 
while it's not exactly this way, we, we tend to do the emails in the order they come in. They, they come in, we put them into a document. As each one comes in, then it gets added to the document. Now, we do some rejiggering after that. We change the order a little bit. If we have similar emails, we group them together, or we want a, like a fun, punchy one to start. As we move on, our tolerance becomes lessened. Right, but generally speaking, they're in the order they come in. So if you want to get on the show, yeah. the earlier you send your in the email in, the better. If you send your it's, email in on Thursday before we record and it's in there and towards the back of the pack, it may not make it on the show. So that's yep. a tip for you if you want to get on the show. So, you know, you, now's the time. Yep. Stilts. It's, it's, it's a good time to get in there. Get over to ifanboy.com. That is our website. Uh, we've owned it for a long time. We, we've had it so long and it's so well known now that we can't change the name. So that's unfortunate. But there it is, ifanboy.com. You know it. We know it. You'll find out what the pick is before the – before the show comes out, the one you're listening to right now, in case you want to be prepared by liking uh, facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. You can also go to at ifanboycomics on Instagram where you will also find that information out and you'll be getting the best of the weekend panels and, and other stuff that we decide to throw up on that little feed. Throw up, not the right word I was looking for. You can, <laughs> of course, follow us individually on Instagram at C.S. Kilpatrick and uh, at J.A. Flanagan. And finally, if you like the show, please leave a review on IE Apple Podcasts. Is that what it is now? Yeah. Both. I think iTunes is still around. It hasn't happened yet. Wherever you consume your podcast, people may wonder, hey, what is the value of a, of a star rating or review? Well, it's all algorithms. You may say to yourself, I don't care about reviews when I'm looking for podcasts, but some people do. But also, how they're displayed for people looking through podcasts is determined on algorithms, which are helped partially by downloads, but also by number of reviews and ratings. So if you want to help your favorite show get seen, Leave a quick star rating, leave a short review. It really does help. It really is a very direct way you can help your favorite show. Not just this show. It may not be your favorite show, but just whatever your show is your favorite show. Shows well, you like. Serial. You don't have to pick a favorite. That's still, still a show. Good show. Tell your friends about podcasts. Help spread the iFanboy love I'll pod- and all your favorite shows love. We, we're not just us. Every, any show you listen to. Yeah. Help a podcaster out. We should have National Podcasting Love Month. Help your favorite show. The Malcolm Gladwell podcast, they probably don't need any reviews either, but they're excellent, so you should give them a good review. That's true. Any show. Any show you like. Any show. So we're done. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Sure are. I enjoyed that. Well, I always do. Now, I'm still hungry because normally I'm now going off to have breakfast. Here I'm Uh going to go have dinner. But either way, the result is the same. I'm sitting here hungry. What people don't understand is what they don't have, and I hope that we can give you some of this, is if you've had a... We're going to call it a challenging day. <laughs> what, what I have and, and what Connor has, I assume, Alcohol. is the ability to come on here oh. with your best friend, right. talk about the thing you are best at talking about, and just for an hour and change, Forget uh, it. You, you, you let it all go. You have fun. You have some laughs. You, you try to throw each other off, but you have a common co- – it, it is great for what ails you. So if you get any of that by listening to this, then I think we've done our job. But we get something out of it too. So thanks for that, everyone. And God bless us, everyone. I guess I didn't really mean to do that at the end, but it happened. It was sincere. God damn it. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs>